This podcast is produced by Unedited. You can be great at what you do, but if your your personality or your customer service is pants, then like it just spoils the whole experience. Are you going to go to work each day to a job that you hate, or are you going to go and chase your dreams? The more unified we are as a movement, the more we grow and rise together. Hi, I'm Anika Allen, and welcome to another episode of the Black Magic Podcast. This is a series where we celebrate British black women, where you get to hear about their stories, their successes and challenges. Some you may have heard of, some you may not, but this is where you get the lowdown. Later in the episode, we're going to be hearing from Jasmine Datiwala, Black Magic Award winning producer, presenter and journalist. We're now going to be speaking to Josephine Otuagoma, founder of the Black Hair Book. Basically, the Black Hair Book is the Bible for all things black hair. Also with me in the studio is Trisha Blake, founder of Diva Choices, a clothing line and empowerment brand. Hey ladies, how are you doing? Hi. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just kick start with you guys introducing yourselves, just telling us a bit about yourself, who you are, what it is that you do. So Trisha, let's start with you. Okay, so I'm Trisha Blake. I am the founder of a company called Diva Choice. Um, Diva Choice has been running for about five years now. Okay. Um, it sells, we sell, it sells. It's like an entity. I kind of, I don't know how to explain it. I, it's like a, it's like my child, if you like. Okay. So, um, but we sell luxury bath products. We sell lingerie. We sell, we've gone into swimwear and we've just gone into fashion jewelry. Um, little bits of fashion here and there, but it's more sample rather than lines, but we're looking to develop lines. So, so yeah. yeah, that's what we do. Lots of things, lots of things happening for Diva Choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just got published in two magazines, um, School Pilgrim and Huff. I've won some awards. Um, I won Entrepreneur of the Year, Best Entrepreneur and um, Influential Businesswoman of the Year. And I won a two Inspire, my first two Inspire network was um 2013 I won that for like best presentation of a stool holder but it's still my favorite because it was my first so winning awards now as well so yeah congratulations thank you look forward to hearing more about that yeah so while you're kind of five years deep Josephine I know you're very new so tell us a bit about yourself and your business and what you do okay um I'm Josephine Otwagoma I am the founder of the Black Hair Book um, the Black Hair Book is a website designed to help people find um, hair salons that cater to Afro-textured hair. The best way to describe it is the TripAdvisor for hair. So essentially, if you were looking to do braids, weave, wig, whatever the hairstyle was, you went on the blackhairbook.com, type in what hairstyle you're looking to do, your location, and then it tells you the hair salons in within that radius. You can toggle the radius um, depending on how far you want to travel. And it comes up with a list of salons that will do that hairstyle for you. And then you select based on um, the information provided. So on when you click on a listing, it will tell you things like, is there parking nearby? Do they accept card payments? Is there Wi-Fi? Is it wheelchair accessible? Just the different amenities. And then you mm. can read and review what other people... You can read other people's reviews and leave your own once you've been there. So it's supposed to... On the one hand, for the customer, it helps you make an informed decision about where you're going to. And for the business, it's a great source of publicity. It's a great way to increase your visibility to people in your locality. Because a lot of the times you find girls are traveling from north to west or east Mm. to south or for salons and for services that are right on their doorstep. And it could just be a lack of visibility that 
actually there's a phenomenal salon they just have no social media <laughs> yeah. um so that launched on july the 14th so um yeah we are a lot newer <laughs> so july 14th 2017 we've been featured in a few publications um the move um their black history month edition on brown beauty talk what's in my handbag on um, she aspires i wrote a piece there um, and yeah, so it's gaining traction. A lot of people are telling me that they've ha- heard about it, which makes me feel so excited because like, <laughs> for me, it's still really new. Mm. Um, and so that's a bit about myself. You ladies are just doing the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that trip advisor for hair. Yeah. You know, I think if I went on there, um, thing that I want to know when I go to a hairdresser is how long how long are you going to take are you fast with what you do I haven't got time to be staying and I'm a busy lady yeah. I haven't got time to be staying in a salon all day for you to eat for you to go and pick up your kids for you to not arrive on time I yeah. want to know is there an appointment and when I have that appointment time does that does that salon stick to that time mm. and will I be out in two to three four hours depending yeah. on the style that Honestly, I'm getting absolutely. and that's the power of reviews so on the black hair book absolutely, there's different yeah. things that you people rate on speed customer service skill price and environment being environment is just a nice way of saying cleanliness of the place so mm. why I say it helps you make an informed decision is a women look for different things when you go to the salon. Some people are quite happy to spend the whole day there um, as long as it's cheap. Or some people are happy to um, go to a place where as long as the customer service is on point, Mm. they don't mind if it's really expensive. So if you were searching, you would think, okay, do you know what matters to me most is speed. So you would look for a salon who is definitely rated five stars for speed. Yeah. And maybe you might be willing to forego something else. So it's about... When the tagline of the website is um, helping you find your perfect salon because there's no perfect salon per se, but it's perfect for you. Yeah. So for me, I look, I really value customer service. It really ticks me off if people just kind of like take the mic or if they're, it just makes me feel like I'm partnering with my money for no good yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. So for me, I always make sure I'm looking for some. I, I go to places where I've heard good things about their customer service and I feel like, okay, you know, I might spend a bit more money or I might spend more time here, but they're going to treat me right. So, yeah. Okay. Sounds like big things for the Black Hair Book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how did you get started with um, your business? Where did the idea come from for Diva Choices, Trisha? It's a long story, <laughs> but um, I basically had three older brothers that passed away. All three of them? All three of them. Different times, but they all passed away. And um, I was crying, I was grieving, and my best mate was with me. I don't think she knew what to do, so she made some tea, and then she was like, all right, I know what we can do. Have a bath, just have a hot bath. And then we put bubbles, and I went and had a hot bath, and she waited for me downstairs. And I actually cried and felt better. I feel like I connected with myself and with God. And it just felt like, you can do this. You just wipe your tears and you you can do it. You can. And I got out of the bath. And then I kind of made it a habit to Mm. have a bath. Okay. And like, when I want to relax or... Because it's just, it's the quickest and the cheapest way to... So it felt kind of cathartic for you to kind of just... Yeah, just let things go and just have some time for you, absolutely. Mm. Because we spend a lot of time doing stuff for everybody else but not finding much time for self Mm. so I made that my time and then I thought okay I want to sell bath products because it's a nice message to give to women to 
you know, it's the cheapest way. You shut your bathroom door and fill the bath with some bubbles and, and relax, put some candles on and mm-hmm. find that time to find you. Um, so then I thought, what will go nice with it? So then we started with lingerie and that's how the lingerie and bath products, like just like nice gift boxes yeah. and stuff like that, just a nice little parcel that you could give to a friend or that you can have for yourself, but something that will make you feel nice and make you feel appreciated. And, you know, so that's kind of where it started from. And then it just grew from there. So that's nice out of your grief that you um, found something that I guess helped you cope um, in, in that time Absolutely. and could help other people cope. Yeah. So I'm sure your brothers are looking down and very proud of all I'm the things. I'm hoping so. Yeah. <laughs> I am achieved. really hoping so. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy losing a sibling and you've lost three. Three, yeah. Three siblings. Yeah. That, um, what, three years ago now, my, my, my older brother passed away. Really? Kind of suddenly just. Um, found collapsed at home, yeah. And things and you know you just you just don't expect the expect that because you know at the end of the day you think you you know as kids we should outlive our parents. We don't know kind of what it was that really caused him yeah. to to collapse and pass away. But it is um crazy. And so it's it's a beautiful thing that um out of that you've um managed to kind of create and build your own destiny. Yeah, it kind of just like because the first brother, my first brother, he was his name was Roger, and um when he passed it was sudden unexpected in fact all three of them were sudden and there was four children for my mum and only two of us made it past the 40 mark but it made me once I got myself back together because it does take you to like different levels of despair um especially like one and then two died in 2008 within six months of each other Mm. so um it was a very dark period but then at the same time it's like it kind of made me feel like well you know what Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Mm. So it's not guaranteed, but you're still here. Absolutely. So what are you going to do with your what time? What are you going to do with your life? And mm. what are you going to do to make you happy? And are you going to go to work each day to a job that you hate? Or are you going to go and chase your dreams until you die? Mm. What's, you know, what's, what are you going to do? So yeah, yeah that, that's definitely been my driving factor is to just make each day count and to be happy and to go for dreams and not give up. I've, I've had businesses before this and um, yeah, it was a running joke at one point, like what are you doing now? And I'd always try, if it fails, I'd get up and try again. If it fails, I'd get up and try again. And yeah. this has clicked now. So we've had five years, but all of the failures that I've had have helped to prepare me for this. So you don't make the same mistakes. You, you learn so much along. And I think, a lot of people, including myself, was frightened of failure. And now, actually, it's not failure, it's lessons. So you learn, you don't make the same mistake. It becomes a mistake if you repeat it and repeat it. But if you exactly. learn and apply, then it's part of growth. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how Diva Choice got started. And I suppose watching my mum as well bury three children and still here, mm. still strong, still smiling, still... You know, she's yeah. not the same. Of Don't course. get me wrong. Like you, you always see that shadow of grief. You're going to always see it. But the example of strength is amazing. So it's made me just want to get up and just try and be as happy as possible. Like in yeah. all areas of life, and work is a big area of life. You've got to try and do what you love. Oh, definitely. And yeah. why the name Diva Choice? Sounds really weird, but it was. Because I'm going to sound like a mad person on tape, but um, (laughs) (laughs) speak it, girl. We just we want to know. um, It was a voice that came to me. I was like, I'm going to call this and 
pondered for a little bit and I literally heard the, the words diva choice. It was available, so yeah. I went with it. No real reason. So people are like, are you a diva? And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't really see diva <laughs> as a bad thing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. Divas are iconic women and mm. women nowadays we have so much choice and I want to provide choice for my clients. So my strap line is because every diva deserves a choice. So yeah, that, that's where it's come from and it's sort of caught on. I like that every diva deserves a choice. Yeah. And I think is the word diva, you know, a lot of the times people use sometimes use it as in having negative connotations like, oh, Absolutely. you're very demanding. Mm. And, you know, I, I think probably when I think of a celebrity and the word diva, the first person that comes in my head is Mariah Carey because she's always kind of associated with being yeah. a diva and things. Um, but um, I actually have... Um, WhatsApp group and a group of um, girlfriends, and actually we call ourselves divas. Right. And um, but in but in more of an empowering way and things, and kind of we use that group to kind of like inspire each other to set goals to kind of like check check in on each other and see how yeah. how each other are doing, and and we see it as a positive thing rather than a negative. A and negative. obviously, and that's what and yeah. your brand's supposed to do. Absolutely. So yeah, just iconic women who know what they want and strive for what they want. If mm. you know. Even though Mariah Carey's got the puppies and the martini or the champagne or whatever it is, she's still one of the richest women in the world because she's, you know, made use of her talent. I believe in staying humble and, you know, grounded, mm. but um, I'm very direct and I know what I want. If that makes me a diva, then yeah, so be it. Amazing. Hey, diva. Hey. <laughs> and so, Josephine, oh, why did you decide to start the Black Hair Book? The Black Hair Book was born out of frustration. <laughs> um, last year, I was looking for a place to get my hair um, done in twists, so Senegalese twists. Um, I have a lady who already does my braids, but she's not very good at twists. And so I'd asked all my girlfriends, as you do, or do you know anyone who does this? Mm. Um and no one was able to recommend um, somebody for me. I was on the train one morning, I was going to work and I saw this girl with twists and they were nice. And I was like, oh my gosh, girl. <laughs> so I went up to her and I was like, you know, excuse me, I hope you don't mind, but I really like your hair. And I you know, wondered, um, um, do you have your stylist number or something? And she gave me the lady's number. Yeah. Um, Turns out this lady had a salon four minutes drive from my house. Oh, nice. And I was like, You're like, whoop, whoop, how have I? <laughs> How have I never seen this? Because it was in a town centre as well. And I was like, I've lived here for two years. How have I never um, mm. seen your shop? So anyway, um, I made an appointment uh, for bright and early 9am on a Saturday morning. And um, to cut a long story short, I got there first thing, um, nine o'clock. She was, the shop wasn't open. I was like, okay. Where are you? <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So then, yeah, I waited a little while, about 10 past nine. I, I called her. So she's running late. I was like, mm, you don't say <laughs> let me know so I was like you know whatever I went to get some breakfast um, came back at about I think 9.20 9.25ish the shop was open and there was somebody in the salon and she was sweeping the hair off the floor from yesterday's clients and I'm mm. like looking at my watch like excuse me it transpired that she wasn't even the lady I'd spoken to so the lady who was the owner of the salon hadn't even arrived yet and I mean to cut a long story short they did my hair so well and they were so fast but the experience the customer service was just absolute like pitiful mm. and I left there feeling so annoyed because I was thinking you guys this is probably the fastest I've ever had my hair done yeah I, I look amazing yeah. thank you but you just peed me off you I, just, you, just so I didn't start irritated. my morning off right <laughs> apart from just the tardiness this general like she would 
you know when they're doing your hair and they're parting it and they just kind of like pushed your head and t- just like I'm not a dolly like <laughs> anyway I had a horrible experience there and I left and I went in my car and I did this I went on this long rant on Snapchat <laughs> to my followers and I was like why do we do this as black community we can be so good uh, we can be so talented so gifted and it's just like the icing on the cake that just kind of ruins it mm. you know you could be great at what you do but if your your personality or your customer service is pants then like it just spoils the whole experience yeah I was looking for somewhere to vent like a, a snapchat wasn't enough for me I was like <laughs> I just wanted to like slander the salon and I kind of thought to myself so I went I was looking I was looking around I couldn't find anywhere and I thought to myself could have just gone on like Google and Google you know and reviews yeah, Facebook reviews but that's I mean, if they had a Facebook they had no have. internet right. presence whatsoever and then <laughs> <laughs> so um, I thought to myself Do you know what? I'm going to make a website where I'm just going to review salons and shame the bad ones and I thought to myself okay yeah but what does that do like mm. you're just going to at best have a little corner of the internet if anyone pays any attention to it where you're just ripping off salons not ripping off but like slandering salons and how does yeah. that make them how does how, what good does that do so then I started thinking about the whole procedure from finding out what hairstyle I wanted to do to finding a place to um finding out things like is there parking nearby is there like would she take card payments because she had no card machine I had to walk to a cash machine to get cash mm. out all these kind of things and I thought how could I make this better um and so I thought of creating a website just where people could leave reviews for other people because it's, it's all the questions that you ask your girlfriend anywhere where yeah. they'll be like oh well she's really good but she takes all day mm. or she's really good she's but really she eats, good, stops but, to eat 20 times do you know what I mean or <laughs> like they're so expensive but they treat you so well so it's kind of all the questions and answers that you get from your friends anyway but putting it on a sphere where everyone can find out about it and make an informed decision if you're okay spending all day in a salon cool Mm. go if you're okay if customer service doesn't matter that much to you as long as it's cheap and it's quick you know more greased your elbows so um that was how that kind of came about and i just started working on it with developers and before i knew it it was live it took Mm. a while (laughs) to to because i'm very particular about the aesthetics and how i want things to look I believe people do judge books by their covers. Yeah. Um, So I was quite finicky about how I wanted it to look and I wanted it to feel and how easy I wanted it to operate the user experience. Yeah. Um, So that took a little while to get to where we are now and we're still working on it. So that's how that came about. Do you do that full time? No. So what do you do outside of that? Outside of that, I work in finance. I work in financial crime um, in banking, so I focus specifically on trades. So do you, is that the dream to kind of like not do that anymore and to kind of do your own business full time? Yeah, of course. I think the Black Hair Book has amazing potential and I think even just seeing other people who have made that transition from the nine to five into entrepreneurship and just the joy that that brings. I know it's incredibly hard work, but I think, like um, we've been discussing, it's it's one thing if you're working nine to five and then you die after seven after seventy five or whatever, and you just you look back and you think, what have I really done? Mm. Whereas you work hard on something that you truly believe in and you truly value and you feel can make a difference, um, and you want to be remembered for that. And yeah. so that's kind of where I see myself. Mm. I guess remembered, I like that word because it just makes me think of legacy. I mean, Trisha, what's the legacy you hope to leave behind because of Diva Choice? Um, empowerment um, mm. and 
confidence for women. Um, definitely feel like, I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but I do feel like we don't get celebrated as black women as mm. much as other races. And um, I definitely want to champion the beauty of all women, mm. but definitely don't want to exclude black women mm. because I am a black woman and I would like to see more of us out there. So a lot of my campaigns, they do feature women that are not models. We've teamed up with um, a guy called um, Tucker and he's got a brand called Hot to Death. And um, he's doing a comedy jam and he's asked us to do a fashion show as part of it. So we've done a huge casting and um, loads of women turn up and we've got a woman in in the cast that's going to be in the actual show. Mm. She's 47. Oh, wow. She's never modelled before. Okay. And when we asked her, why, why, do, you, why do you want to do this? And mm. She was like, because I wanted to bring out my inner diva. I want to find, you know, I, want to be <laughs> I just want to find my confidence and find my sexy. And we was like, okay. Okay, let's go. okay. Got it, got let's it. go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so, and she's on the cast. So I love the fact that we, whenever we do like big shows or we do like photo shoots for for campaigns. We use models and we use non-models. My brand goes from sizes six to twenty-four. Was it a conscious decision to go? To go from, to, yeah, I'm a size fourteen, sixteen, depending on how much peanut butter I eat. So, <laughs> um, do, do, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I've got a tiny waist, big big legs, big bum, and it it's it's frustrating to not find mm. stuff for me. So I do tend to, you know, and I've been deemed as a plus sized woman. Um, I don't think I'm plus sized. I think mm. I'm, I'm curvy, but yeah, it, it's conscious to make sure that all women, regardless of size, feel included. Do you like that word plus size? No, it's the term that's used, but plus size is, yeah, it's just, it's not sexy, is it? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's why more brands are using the word kind of curve Curves now. So like, yeah, yeah if they have like a, a plus size range, instead of saying plus size, they'll, they'll say whatever their brand name is and then curve. curve. I, think, yeah. I think that is a lot sexier. It is, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it is sexy, so. Yeah, like no one, no one wants to be, you know, someone to be like, oh, yeah, you're plus size. Be like, you're curvy, that sounds. Yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, they've still got like, plus size model competitions and that's what they're called yeah but yeah like you say i like i like to describe myself as curvy and uh, i in, think curves should be celebrated mm, it's like in jamaica and they don't say, they like to call it fluffy <laughs> See, i'm not sure i like that <laughs> either though you know, like a bear. it's funny right like I remember, I remember years and years and years ago. I never knew what that sort of fluffy meant that they were talking about. You know, a, you know, a curvy, a curvy woman. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, this, I used to actually go to a hair salon, and every time I used to go in the salon, this um, lady used to come in and sell. Um, you know, wear jewellery and clothes and things yeah. in the salon. Yeah. And I just used to always see her. And every time she came in the salon, I would be like, hey, how you doing, Fluffy? I thought it was her name. So the one, so the one day I remember turning around to the um, the hairstylist and saying, her mum call her Fluffy? That, what, what kind of name is that? And she started laughing at me. And she goes, that's not her name, Anika. I said, what? So what are you calling her? He's like, I said, is it a nickname? She goes, no, Fluffy, that's what they call big girls in Jamaica. I said, what? <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> because <laughs> I did not know that 
But I don't know. Obviously, Jamaican, um, Jamaican they like women, they like it. They, they like it. Yeah, it you see in the videos and the song, yeah, God, they're fluffy and they're like all <laughs> dancing and whining and all happy. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they love it. So, yeah, I think labels are just labels and whatever you're comfortable fitting yourself into then you're comfortable fitting yourself into but yeah outside of business what do you each like doing kind of what what makes you happy what keeps you occupied kind of outside of your kind of the daily grind it's funny because my daily grind is banking so outside of that what makes me happy is the black hair (laughs) (laughs) I love um I think I've been introduced to a whole different world of like business and meeting people and seeing so especially like millennials out there doing nine to five and doing something else on the side or just doing um entrepreneurial jobs and stuff and I think it's like wow oh my gosh like this is a whole new world to me and um only recently I thought about my business as a tech business Mm. I just thought yes a website people find afro hair salons big deal but um it's I think I downplayed what it is when I thought about tech I thought about like I don't know, Google, yeah, big, big companies. Um, So outside of that, like, I would say a good 90% of the time, I'm probably working on it. I'm trying to make connections with different people. I'm trying, I'm reading up on what other people have done um, and exploring different opportunities. And perhaps the other 10% of the time I'm eating, I love to eat. (laughs) (laughs) I love to eat. Me too. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I'm thinking of food right now. I, think, I love food. What's your um, favorite food? I don't even know. Like you'd have to pick a cuisine if it was like because like, I'm Nigerian. So if it was Nigerian, it could be jollof rice, or it would be maybe like pounded jam. Or if it were for talking Thai, I love a pad Thai. If we're talking um, Caribbean, I love 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 a curry goat. I went to the Caribbean earlier this year and I explored <laughs> so many different things I'd never even heard of Johnny Cake and all this stuff. <laughs> so like, yeah, I will eat. I'm, but it's funny because I'm a fussy eater. But when I find stuff that I like, I go ham. So I'm either working or I'm just stuffing my face and watching TV shows. <laughs> What about you, Trisha? I like to travel. My my best mate has just we decided that we're gonna just try different things. So we've done festivals last year and we're no. gonna do them again next year. Or well, we've done some this year as well. It was actually really good. I was like, ah. Oh. oh, you'd never been before no, to festivals? I, no, not really. Um but I think we've done we've done fifty first date this year and the Southport weekend and I was like, what do you know? Oh, why am I left behind? Like, <laughs> why am I just late? It was great. Um, so just trying different things that we've not tried before. I like to eat. I like <laughs> to go out and eat, try different cuisines. I like to read. I just like to spend time with my family. And I like watching The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so certain TV programmes that I watch that I, I love. But yeah, just mainly just to laugh, hang out and enjoy life. That's, that's the aim. I think life is for enjoying and trying new things and doing doing different things. So if I, I always try each year to kind of have something on kind of my bucket list of things, something that I haven't do. never done before that I'm planned to do kind of yeah. for the year. So I think it's always good to kind of keep that in mind and, and try to get out of your comfort zone a bit kind of when it comes to certain things in life. If you could go back and tell your younger self kind of any sort of advice, Trisha, what would it be? Believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. You are beautiful. It took me a while to grow into seeing my beauty. So don't believe people, yeah. you know, external voices that say you're not. 
Um, because it's not just about your external beauty, it's about your heart, isn't it? So mm-hmm. if you've got a good spirit and you've got a clean spirit, then ultimately that's going to shine through. Um, and then you'll find people that because you you may intimidate or because you don't fit their mould, mm. you're not good enough. So I suppose growing up I was ridiculed because of my lisp and I got this gap in my teeth. Now I love it, it's me. But it took me a while to yeah. figure that out. Yeah. So I think I would try to tell my younger self to figure that out earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, and believe in yourself. Yeah. Was there anything that specifically made you figure that out and made you kind of believe and think oh, I am I am beautiful and not to listen to um, the people that were saying horrible things about you? I think, like I said, when I hit rock bottom, when my brothers died, it was just a whole evaluation Reevaluation of life. So I'd started to find my beauty before that. But when I started, well, I would say I kind of smashed to pieces because especially when my eldest brother died, because he was like the father figure because he was the eldest. My dad left when I was four to go live in America. Mm. So my brother, my eldest brother was like the father figure. So when he died, it was just like there was a whole bunch of male energy that just left. So I guess I kind of fell to pieces. But through that, still functioned but done a lot of soul searching. Mm. So um, I would say it was with the rebuilding of myself is when I started to realise my strength, um, to realise through my grief I'd still be there for people and I would do anything for anybody. I'm quite a staunch character, so I don't <laughs> like people to take the mick. Don't yeah. do that, but I will do anything for you if, if it's within my power. I believe I started to really look at who I was as a person and I like who I am. If you don't like who you are, how's anybody else going to like you? Absolutely, absolutely. And it it is about the energy that you put out about yourself, what you would attract and how people will treat you. Definitely. It definitely took me a while to figure that out. And I think it was through soul-searching and, you know, you go through the why me's and what kind of life is this and is there a God and, like, you know, and there absolutely is and... You, you just, you know, irregardless of what your religion is or what you believe your version of God to be, that's what it is. It is about finding yourself. And I think as tragic as it is, my brother's deaths helped me to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in kind of like energy and your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. And, you know, when like, people's energy is kind of like speaking to you when you kind of, you know, when you walk into a room and you meet them and things, you, you do get kind of that vibe off them and you kind Absolutely. of know straight away if actually you're going to connect with this person or if, the, if you know how your relationship might possibly build with this person if your energy is kind of um, connected yeah. in the right way. Josephine, if you could go back and tell your younger self something, what would that be and why? Um, I think I would tell my younger self to just do it. Like mm. There's a lot, I have so many ideas and sometimes when it comes to execution, it's like, oh, I kind of shy away and I think you know, maybe later, maybe someone's better qualified to do that or am I capable? I've got very supportive parents and my dad is always like cheering me on and saying, you can do everything, you can do anything, you can put mm. your mind to it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but you're meant to say that because you're a parent. Like, what kind of parent would you be if you didn't tell me that? <laughs> Believe me, there are many parents out there that, that aren't telling their kids that. Oh. Well, no, my dad was always very encouraging and very... Um, always like singing my praises and stuff and I kind of feel like okay well that's nice but I think truly believing in myself that you know just try it and Mm. you know as as Trisha was saying if you if you fail it's not it's not you don't look at it as failure as the end of the world I'm very very um 
picky about people seeing me fail and what will people think and mm-hmm. people are going to look at me and be like what does she know about tech or what does she know about that or do you know what I mean and I just kind of I always play devil's advocate to my own detriment mm-hmm. <laughs> I always put myself and say oh people will say xyz um but since I've started kind of putting that off and just being like yeah okay if people say that good for them just just try you know there's no harm in trying and I've really if I, I wish if I if I knew that earlier I probably would be a lot better off in life mm. a lot sooner. <laughs> mm. I think fear stops a lot of people yeah, um, yeah. from doing the things that they want to do or like trying to kind of make their path to achieve what they want to achieve. So at least you're on the journey now. Yeah, That's the main yep. thing. So late than ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're still so young. Yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah. so you know, some people never do it. So believe me, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> So, Trisha, how can people kind of keep in touch and find out more about you? Um, social media um, is at Diva Choice. So, Instagram, Twitter is at Diva Choice. Facebook is Diva Choice 2012, I believe, um, forward slash 2012. And my website is www.divachoice.co.uk. Cool. And, Josephine, how can people keep in touch and find out more about Black Hair Book? Well, the website is theblackcarebook.com. <laughs> um, on Instagram and on Facebook, it's at theblackcarebook. On Twitter, it's blackcarebook without the... So it's just blackcarebook, at blackcarebook. If you want to find out more about the Black Hair Book, do follow social media and use the website, leave reviews and um, just send messages. I'm always really happy when people um, tell me how they found it, if it's been useful, if there's anything that perhaps needs changing or whatever so yeah I'm always receptive to feedback thank you ladies for joining me it's been awesome having you on the show keep spreading that black girl magic oh thank you for having thank us it's you. been a pleasure Black Magic Award winner Jasmine Dotuala is a producer, director, broadcaster and columnist with acclaim in the media for breaking new young British talent and making fresh groundbreaking edgy TV programmes with a list of showbiz celebrities. And she also now works for the Media Trust. This is what she had to say about her journey so far. My name is Jasmine Dotiwala. I'm a multimedia broadcaster. I work across television, radio, print and digital press. I got into my line of work a very long time ago, a couple of decades ago, straight out of university. I applied in those olden days when we had to write letters and put stamps on them and all that good stuff. I applied to lots and lots of independent TV production companies. I found one of those hardback books that said TV companies in the UK and I literally wrote the same letter to all of them telling them how amazing I was and they all sent me back letters going we'll keep you on file we've got nothing at the moment and then God shone his light down on me and he said I'm going to get this one production company to offer you work experience they were called Planet 24 and in the 90s they made The Big Breakfast and The Word both groundbreaking shows on Channel 4 one was a breakfast show one was a late night music rock and roll show it was outrageous I was a runner on both shows and that's how I got my foot in the door my first role was as a runner on those two shows the experience was incredible 
incredible because Planet 24 was what we call today a disruptive company. It was really groundbreaking. It was outrageous. Our presenters were people like Chris Evans, Terry Christian, Mark Lamar, Danny Bear. Everyone was outrageous, outspoken, articulate, had no fear. And the segments that we made often got us in trouble with Ofcom. So, yeah, we were living on the edge. And I loved it. I mean, even the days when I was making cups of tea and coffee, I was on night shifts, photocopying scripts all night. I mean, it was sweat. I was exhausted, but it was incredibly exciting. The work that I do now at the Media Trust, where we train young Londoners to be TV, radio and digital experts, is what gives me the most fulfilment. Because over six years, we've put 600 young Londoners between the ages of 18 to 25 into media. And those ones that finished six years ago training with me are now in senior management positions at TV companies. And they're hiring from our alumni because after six months, they're able to shoot, edit, report. They learned to do in six months what I learned to do probably in the first five years of my career. So that makes me feel good, if I'm honest. That's my biggest achievement. I have to say that growing up, there weren't many women that you would see in the media industry that would inspire me. Like I remember loving Moira Stewart because she was on the news. And I remember thinking, wow, Moira Stewart's beautiful and articulate and intelligent. And she's on the news. She inspired me a lot. Um, just really anyone that I saw that was diverse on telly used to inspire me. Sometimes they weren't even famous for being on telly. Sometimes they were women in music, women in film, women in sport. Any woman who just did stuff and did it just courageously with grace, but with that kind of warrior side of them, like Grace Jones and stuff, I used to look up to them and go, wow, you don't care and you've done it. So people like that inspired me. I never call myself a role model because actually I'm not good at holding it down. Role models have to be quite careful about what they say and what they do. And in order to be recognised by people, you mustn't rock the boat. And I rock the boat all the time. I say what I think. I say what I think on social media, on social platforms. You know, I'm opinionated. I don't believe in holding back when there's injustices happening. And if an injustice is happening and I see it, I'm going to call it out. So I'm not a good role model in terms of towing the line. But if I am a good role model for younger girls who want to be activists and speak up, then yeah, maybe. People always ask in interviews, what's next? And I always say, I have never planned ahead. I don't know if that's a gift or a curse. But I find that if you plan, sometimes things just don't go down that way. And I always say, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And God will just put stuff in your path that maybe you'll decide to try out. And so I don't know what's next for me. As long as I stay blessed and I have great people around me and we keep making moves in this arts and culture and media world, then I'm happy. Let's just keep shining a light on everyone that's really talented. And the more unified we are as a movement, the more we grow and rise together. So this is the magic. Turn something challenging into something inspiring. Join every episode of the Black Magic podcast by subscribing on the Acast and Apple Podcast apps. We're also on Stitcher, Player.fm and all good podcast platforms. All the women featured in the series will be featured on the Colour Network website where you can see videos and images of this year's Black Magic Awards. Do spread the word and share the magic. This podcast is produced by Unedited.